For transcripts, go to bit.ly forward slash read underscore A-S-T. This podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land it's produced on, the Darug and Garingai people. Sovereignty was never ceded. I'm Eamon Connolly, and this week on One Letter Better, we're joined once again by Owen Piper, who has a comedy podcast called Think of the Children, about making the media we grew up with somehow worse. Owen is also a regular on Crit Chat, a goofy Dungeons & Dragons advice podcast that doesn't take things too seriously. We also have Tracy Wheatley and Kyle Turner, who will not stop until NASA hires them to the secret fiction department. But in the meantime, you can find them writing weird and exciting stories at thelastspace.com. Houston, start the lunch sequence. It's one letter better. Hello and welcome to the show. This week we have Kyle and Owen and Tracy and we have our hot topic for the week sent in by Keridwin who suggested The Bridge, a Nordic crime series that I haven't seen and I'm guessing a lot of people haven't seen. Apparently it was on like in the UK a bit and I'm guessing it was on SBS in Australia. But Keridwin suggested The Fridge. We all got that one, right? We all got The Fridge because it was the low-hanging fruit that was very funny. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And and I definitely got it. That was my first one and not my 13th one. Um, <laughs> so we all got it. Yeah, definitely for sure. Tracy, you definitely got it. D- definitely. Actually, I think, Eamon, there was one time where we did something called The Fridge on this show. And I can't remember exactly, but I think it might have been a horror. Does that ring any bells for you? I feel like we did talk extensively about some kind of fridge society. I think so. Because there's something about sentient meat. Yeah, some terrifying nightmare dream. Yep. So we have a bunch of segments to jump into. We're going to get back to the hot topic at the end of the show. But before we jump into all the segments, if you could just give me a bit of a teaser for your favorite one, your favorite letter change for your hot topic. Uh, Yeah, sticking with my sort of theme that I've been going for for some reason since I've joined the season two of this podcast, I've gone with the Bridget. I've just put a regular ass human name in there. And that's sort of my one, I guess. I didn't come up with a human name. I feel disa- I'm disappointed in myself right now. Um, the one that, that stands out from my list, because I have uh, two lists here, but I'm going to go with the basic one, which is um, Hebridge. And I'm not sure where that one's going to go, but it feels like it should exist. <laughs> yep. So I guess I'll pick the brine. And that is a limited run dating slash cooking show. So, yeah, I'm inspired by Love is Blind. And if I had like seven more letters, I would have called it Love is Brine. But that's not the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Yeah, people don't talk about the brine, huh? Not enough. (laughs) All of the best things that you love to eat, your favorite fast food. They're all brine. It's the brine, right? That's why. That's why it tastes so good. What McDonald's don't tell you is they just dunk the burgers in the pickle juice before you. they send them out to you, and it makes it taste so nice and good. <laughs> oh, no. Every show I'm on, pickles has to exist, and I hate I hate this universe that I live in with pickles all <laughs> everywhere. Did you accidentally enter a dark covenant? Did a witch put a curse on you or something? <laughs> Absolutely. The pickle curse, and it's the worst kind of curse. I hate it. I want. I would rather have a cucumber curse. The cucumbers are nice. They're you know pretty bland. They don't really have much to offer, and they are my sole f- vegetable. 
but a pickle is everything that's wrong with the world. It's a cucumber turned to evil. <laughs> okay, so we'll jump into our first segment. This segment is called, Yeah, I'm Acrostic. The players are read a word and then make an acrostic by giving their response to each letter of the word. And it doesn't have to be a word that starts with the letter of the thing, just what you think covers the spirit of this word. I'm gonna throw each of you the letter of the thing and you just say whatever word comes to mind to make an acrostic for this thing. We'll start at Kyle. Uh, yeah, I study S. Spunky. T. Treacherous. U. Keep my pencil sharp. D. Dabbing. Y. You're gonna love this. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. You get the vibe. We'll go with Tracy. Yeah, I do chores. C. Can't get under the couch. H. Heck, that's a lot of dust. O. Oh, no. The vacuum's broken. R. Wow, it's really a lot of spider webs. E. Eep, mom's going to kill me when she found out I broke the vacuum. S. I'm sorry. Sucks for me. (laughs) I'm talking about the vacuum in that case. Oh, that works on two levels. That's good. Exactly. I don't know, mom. It sucks for me. You know how you talk about vacuums? Yeah. All right. Final one. Owen. You could say I'm a cowboy. C. Kiss my... Homies. Oh. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. W. What in tarnation? B. Boo, there's a snake in it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I stepped on my pet snake. Why? <laughs> Yippee Kaye. Excellent. <laughs> sure, it was. <laughs> Before you move off of Cowboy, I do want to say that I am personally offended by everything everyone has said, including myself. Duly noted. I, I don't know, but just as a Texan, I feel like I have to say that or else they kick me out of the state. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Tracy, I'll give you a bonus letter for guessing the name of a segment that hasn't been revealed yet. Did I do that? All right, this segment is called Dadvice. Each player attempts to fill in the missing words in a piece of advice a dad once gave. Uh, So the way this one works is we'll go around again. So uh, I'll give you a piece of advice with a missing word, and I just want you to fill in what you think that word should be, Uh, whether (laughs) whether it's sensible or makes no sense. Kyle. Be open to everything. Be attached to what? Paper. Plants. The old ball and chain, am I right, son? Let's go play some basketball. (laughs) (laughs) So it was actually... Be open to everything, be attached to nothing. How can you keep track of all your plants, though, if you're not attached to them? <laughs> and your papers. And the old ball and chain. I have no object permanence. If they're not here, they're just gone. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Tracy. Yes. Choose your friends. Don't let your friends choose what? Whatever is behind door number three. Your winning lottery numbers. Uh, The restaurant that you eat at because they all have terrible taste. These are all good advice. But the answer was, don't let your friends choose you. Which is like, 
Are you meant to be like <laughs> trying to get away from them? Son, never form a friendship with anyone in life because it's just a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> All right, Owen. Hello. How did you make the world blank today? Sing today. Oh. Oh my, that was beautiful. Thank you. Give me another redeemment. I've already forgotten because Owen's was just so <laughs> goddamn perfect. How did you make the world blank today? Colder. Because oh. <laughs> of climate change, it's real, son. You need to make this planet colder. Uh, flip it, drop it, and reverse it. <laughs> I'm going to give you each a bonus letter for your responses to the last one because they're all very good and poetic. I'm going to be able to change like the entire name of this show. Yeah. But the actual answer to that one was, how did you make the world a better place, my child, as you come in from school and want to play the Xbox? You better have done something pretty good if you want to play on my Xbox that I bought for me. If you want to play Red Dead Redemption, you're going to have to have solved world hunger. Like, that's just the rules. Sorry, kid. All right, we have a segment, Bird Association. This game in the past has been realized to not have much of a game to it. More of like a relaxation experience. But (laughs) (laughs) one player thinks of a bird and what they associate with it. (laughs) (laughs) It goes further, can you believe? Then they tell the other players what their bird is, and everyone shares what it makes them think of and why. (laughs) Can't believe we get to do this for free. (laughs) Owen, can you tell me a bird? My my bird then is 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 the kingfisher. Kyle, what does that make you think of? P- powerful or power? Because that's a noun. Good choice. Do I have to do that too? Yeah. What does that make you think of, Tracy? Lots of dead fish. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. Tracy's dream. Piles of fish. She hates fish. Oh, and is that what you were thinking of? I, I was thinking of sort of like of of, no, of 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 nobility of noble nobleness the noble kingfisher. It's beautiful. The king the king's fisher. So that's pretty yeah, close then, right? Yeah. Yeah, the fisher that belongs to the king. Pretty close, but but not not a hard match. Kyle, what is your bird? Emu. Tracy, what do you think? Sweet. That's it. Horrifying. There's a specific reason for that that I will get into if you want, because it's very British. I've only seen them in zoos, I guess. Okay, a slight tangent. So there was a children's television show in the 60s where a man had a very scary emu puppet, and it was the worst thing I've ever seen (laughs) in my life, and I hated it. Um, And that, for some reason, has managed to make it into my cultural background, despite being born in the 90s. I'd hate puppets anyway, and now I hate emus because of it. You remember that meme that was going on a while back? It was like, hi, my name's Katrina. And my name is Hugh. I'm Sarah. I'm Emma. And I'm Joe to you. You want to remember that? Or is that? I've remembered this, yeah. Yeah, it was from that show. Oh. Hmm. There you go. Fun fact. The only reason I thought of emu and the word I associated with it was war because of the great emu war. And, and so you were closer <laughs> to that, I think, being, being horrified by it. Not quite a match, though. Tracy, what is your bird, though? Robin. Christmas time. Batman. Christmas time has thrown me. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why Christmas time? They're very... Does this not made it anywhere else? Robins are very heavily associated with Christmas time here. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's just my family. But for some reason, I've always associated Robins with Christmas time. Hmm. That's not a thing in Texas, at least. I've not heard of this thing. Definitely not a thing here. 
Yeah, we don't associate anything with Christmas time in Australia, so. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like. Heat. Prawns and pavlova. (laughs) Robin Christmas. There, no, there is a Christmas Robin thing. Are they in like a Christmas carol or something? Like there's some sort of song where they're like, the Robins are all chirping. They probably are, and it was written by probably some very terribly racist old white man from the 1500s. It wouldn't surprise me. I said a song, so we all assume it's written by a white man who is a racist. <laughs> That's what music was back then. <laughs> ah, yes. Am I supposed to share what I associate with a Robin? Spring. Because all the Robins leave us in fall time, and then when you see Robins, it's springtime again. You're sure it wasn't Batman? I am pretty sure it wasn't Batman. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, I will still give each of you a bonus letter for your resilience to that segment. It was beautiful. I I don't need rewarding for that. I'm just glad I got to do it. It it (laughs) filled you with fear and anxiety immediately, (laughs) having to think of a bird. So does everything else, Eamon. So, like, it's not, you know, I'm used to that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hold on, I'm just texting my therapist to cancel my appointment this week because <laughs> yeah. that took care of everything. Thank you. <laughs> Next time it'll just be all bird association. It's perfect. One bird better. I love it. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up the first part of the show, go to a bit of a break. You've each got some bonus letters happening, but we'll see how you go in the second half. You can't wait for inspiration. Inspiration floats around like a mist, circulating through one body and then drifting off to the next. It batters whomever it possesses, too powerful to be contained, too fragile to be free. You need to protect yourself from inspiration. Lock the doors right by darkness. If you are gripped by inspiration, you'll make something great, but by God, at what cost? That's an excerpt from The Lost Space Guide on How to Write Good for Writers written by Tracy Wheatley and read by Angel Fauchelevent. To read this piece and more flash fiction and short stories, go to thelastspace.com. This week, I've mainly come by to say that there's an animatic for one of my favorite parts in this episode up on the Patreon. And you can find it at patreon.com forward slash one letter better. All right, we're back. And we have another segment. It is sent in by the same person who sent in the hot topic, Caridwin. Thank you so much, Caridwin, for sending in our first listener-submitted segment. If you want to send in a segment idea, go to bit.ly forward slash wordpod, and you can use the buttons there. This segment is called, What in Tarnation? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Players, take turns to generate as many non-profane and essentially meaningless insults as possible in true Old West style. Uh, I have a loose formula for this, uh, but I honestly I think writing a text formula for <laughs> the spoken word is going to be harder. How are you feeling? You think you could just throw an insult out like this? No, that's a hard pass from me, Doc. We'll make this work. I'll give you each a moment to sketch out your insult. You can just directly follow that formula or go your own way. All right, everyone ready? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll start with Tracy. You obtuse and table kicking cow pie. <laughs> obtuse. <laughs> you are devastated right now. <laughs> I have an idea of how we can expand this game a little. I would like the other two to explain what they did to deserve this. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to need to hear it again. Should I get angrier or more Texan? 
You obtuse end table kicking cow pie. <laughs> table. Kyle, what did you do? I lost the family's <laughs> tickets to the show. How could you? And it was a big show. It was for that classic Wisconsin band, the Cheese Meisters. Yes, that sounds okay. real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Owen, what did you do? In my haste to leave the house for something, I knocked a prized cow-shaped lamp off the <laughs> mantle in the hallway while talking about them sassafras and children that are on my lawn. Yeah. Excellent. Kyle, somebody give me an adjective real quick. Lanky. Concave. Slimy. <laughs> no, slimy doesn't work. Concave. All right. I, don't, I always forget what that means. And that's probably better as an insult if I don't know what it means. <laughs> All right. Yeah, concave emu kissing shark orgy. God. Owen, what did you do? There's layers to this. <laughs> I don't quite know how to react. I mean, I feel like I just, I, I may have cheated on you with an emu. <laughs> as terrifying as they are, they just have a very powerful energy that I'm attracted to. I caught you with a puppet. How dare you? Don't even joke about that, dude. <laughs> Tracy, what did you do? Oh, God. So we were at the arcade and I won, and Kyle wanted the last stuffed shark that was the prize, but I took it because I was better at arcade games. We're standing on the midway, and Kyle is screaming this at me in front of all the children. And in this scenario, Kyle's a 50-year-old man. <laughs> he really wanted that shark. That's mine, Kyle. All right, Owen, what is your insult? First of all, I apologize um, in advance for my terrible accent. You rotten pickle-punching bobcat carpet. <laughs> <laughs> had to go and make it personal, I see. Kyle, what did you do? I, I've already forgotten all of it because as soon as I heard pickles, I <laughs> shut down. I assumed that I saw a pickle out in the wild and that I tried to evangelize this poor person who was buying a pickle and then I punched it out of his hand. Well, I have eaten all the pickles that were in the icebox. Forgive me, but they were so sweet and so delicious and so briny. You've done the world a great service by removing pickles from it, and I appreciate what you've done. I've punched them all right down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> they were mine. That was my icebox, and I like pickles. <laughs> I am Eamon, and I'm not afraid to say it. I like pickles. <laughs> In the spirit of making this show competitive, I'm going to give Tracy a bonus letter yeah for her excellent poem. Thank you. Well, I have 18 bonus letters now. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's not how this works. They've been uh, getting busy in the bonus letter cage that they've been held in. Mm. And they made a bunch more. She really wants to make love is brine happen. <laughs> so she'll take as many bonus letters as she can. Yeah. If we get 26 bonus letters, we release from the curse and we can finally leave the show. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an educational show the whole time. You have to learn all the letters. <laughs> I do have an idea for like a bonus show at some point where we use all the previous letters you've accrued, which would put you each at like 15 or 20 <laughs> at this point. That's it for our segments. I'm going to update y'all on how many points each of you has, and then you're going to have some thinking time to go over your hot topic and see if you can change it a bit more. Kyle, you have a total of four letters to use. Owen, you also have a total of four letters to use. Tracy, six letters to use. But bam Very overpowered. This isn't even my final form. When is Blizzard going to nerf Tracy, for God's sake? <laughs> it's ridiculous. They get like twice the letters we do almost. 
The meta's just not fun right now with the with the letter economy being what it is. All right, I'm going to give each of you thinking time and we'll come back to the hot topic. Okay, you've had some time to think about it. It's time to get into the hot topic. The bridge sent in by Caridwin. Again, thanks so much, Caridwin. I hope you're listening. Tracy, give me your favorite one and tell me what it is. So it's Love's Brine. I didn't have <laughs> enough letters to make Love Is, so I had to abbreviate it. Love's Brine. It's a dating cooking show, which I think is pretty revolutionary. And the tagline for the show is, is the way to the heart really through the stomach? These are professional chefs, and they are expected to woo someone based on their good brines. So the episodes, they do a bunch of cooking, and so they brine chicken, they brine pickles, well, cucumbers turn them into pickles, beef, and then there's a dramatic like mid-season episode, which is fruit salad. And I expect there to be a lot of breakups in that episode. <laughs> and then vegetables, cheese, seafood, and then the final dessert episode. And I think if the couples make it through the brining desserts, that's a bond that can never be broken. And then they meet on their wedding day. That's love's brine. Tracy, I've been alive on this earth for 24 years. I've been podcasting for two. Yep. I have never heard anything more cursed Yep. <laughs> or viscerally delightful. I'm shaken to my core. Uh, how the the the, the it, inc- incredibly challenging <laughs> i wasn't ready for it <laughs> and that's what gets viewers i think it's crazy how disney plus has gotten so desperate for programming <laughs> <laughs> this is their answer to love is blind <laughs> exactly yes but just throwing brian against the wall and seeing what sticks <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all sticks because it's gross i do have one more underdeveloped one I'm really excited for Love's Brine. The moment in the show that happens every episode where, like, the hosts of the show walk over to the big pot of brine, and they, like, get a spoon, and they, like, taste and they're like, mm, that's some good brine. I thought you were going to make it, like, the bachelor sound, like, will you accept my brine? <laughs> and they have to take the ladle of brine. No. <coughs> Kyle, you've killed Owen. Oh, Jesus. Okay, what else you got, Tracy? Oh, the other one was The Brig. Uh-oh. It's a Maki drama mentory. <laughs> and it's about two brothers aboard a pirate ship who are locked up in The Brig. And strange things are happening. And was that Davy Jones? And turns out the big reveal <laughs> at the end of the season is that The Brig has TARDIS-like qualities. And they've been traveling a lot. Is the subtitle of the show Uh-oh? No, that's part of the title, I think. I had letters. It's the uh-oh that elevates it. If it was just the brig, I'd be like, okay, but the brig, uh-oh, I'm paying attention now. The drama has already begun, and I haven't even started the show. <laughs> you have my interest at the brig, but you have my attention at uh-oh. <laughs> what else you got, Tracy? You got any other ones you want to throw out there before we move on? I just realized I could do the Badger, but no, that's good. It's about the Wisconsin Badgers football team. It's very intense. Not enough shows are set in Madison, Wisconsin. Owen, what have you got for us? My one that I kind of, I thought, oh, I've done some shuffling about and I've cut and chopped. And I've got The Brie Age. I'm thinking a sort of long form documentary series about this specific kind of cheese, its birth, its creation, the myths behind it, 
the people that make it now, the master cheesesmiths of Wisconsin or wherever Brie is made. Yes. We go, we sally forth and we interview these men and women and someone will watch this because there are people like that in the world. That's about as far as I got with it. Out of everything, this is probably the one that most likely will exist if we search for it. It definitely does. Someone has made a, a Brie documentary. Maybe not with this name, but... It, it exists for certain. <laughs> I do love this good soft cheese. I didn't know it existed for a long portion of my life. My parents were very into charcuterie. The thing with the cheese and the mm-hmm. crackers and the board and the salamis. I was very aware of this. I don't know if they were doing it right, but it's a good soft cheese and I think more people should know about it. So it's a, an awareness campaign more than anything. I distinctly remember the first time that I had Brie, I was in Canada and I was very confused because I thought it was a Canadian thing and that's the only <laughs> place that it existed. And I was like, this is such a weird, you know, hot, <laughs> melted circle of cheese here you got here in Canada. And then they looked at me like I was the ignorant Texan that I was at that time. I was going to say that's a very specific memory. And then I'm, you explained it. I was like, this makes total sense. Yeah. It's literally the only time I've ever seen Brie in the flesh. Where were you when you ate brie for the first time? That's the real question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I say that because it literally does kind of have a flesh on it, right? Like it has a rind Mm -hmm. on it that you cut into. And I think that's what lost me on brie. If this brie age can usher me in, I'm on board. Other ones I had, I had the Bridget. I don't know what that was. It's the Bridget. She's very powerful. Definitely a horror film. (laughs) I was just thinking of one very powerful woman called the Bridget. I also had the Bride, but that's nothing. Yeah, no, that's definitely not anything. Scratching through paper real quickly. All right, Carl, what do you got? The one that really stuck in my heart today uh, was um, Hellfridge. And (laughs) Hellfridge (laughs) is Gordon Ramsay's new show. He got tired of restaurants. He got tired of the polish. Now he goes into your home. (laughs) He opens up your fridge and just screams at you about all the pickles you got in there and why you have all these pickles in here. Honestly, that's the show. He doesn't fix anything. He just walks in and yells at just normal, everyday people all across the world on what their fridge looks like. Is anybody else super self-conscious about their fridge? Because I am. I try and arrange things. I was about to say, this show is really good for me because my fridge is a fucking disaster. There's like tofu in there that I haven't eaten yet. There's like about four different packets of butter that I just haven't (laughs) thrown out. It's a mess. I need Gordon Ramsay to come to my house and tell me that I'm a garbage man so I can sort my life out. (laughs) Tracy, how's your fridge? Everyone else is getting pretty vulnerable here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is group therapy at this point, right? Someone hand Tracy the sharing rock so she can share her fridge experience. I don't want the sharing rock. I think there's some old tomatoes in there that I need to throw out and some old takeout. But lots of condiments, big ranch, two ketchups. Two ketchups? What? Sorry, stop, stop. You keep ketchup in the fridge? Yes. That's absolutely the normal thing. And whatever you say is not. You're all monsters. (laughs) But no, it, it literally says. Yeah, it says refrigerate. I don't care what it says. It's perverse. Does your ketchup have just like a ton of vinegar that it can't spoil? Uh, no, I just ketchup, dude. It gets good when it spoils. It gets gooder because the vinegar seeps into the tomato and it's mmm. Oh. Also, like if it's in the fridge, how are you gonna quickly make your traditional delicious beverage? Hot ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> I keep ketchup all around my house. <laughs> What if I'm on the couch and I need ketchup? I pull it up from the cushions. I'm just saying, if I'm going to have a chip buddy, I'm going to put some oven chips in the oven. I'm going to put them on some bread. I'm going to put ketchup. I don't want cold ketchup in there. It's disgusting. What's wrong with you? 
All I'm thinking about right now is all the restaurants that do just have open bottles of ketchup on the table, and they don't refrigerate theirs, do they? Tracy, I think we're being lied to. We refrigerate ours at night. Every restaurant I worked at, at close, but they do sit out for, you know, 15, 16 plus hours a day. That's not how food safety works. Well, (laughs) (laughs) bacteria sleeps during the day and at night it comes out and that's why you have to put it in the fridge. It's nocturnal. This is basic food science, okay? This is American public education at work, people. (laughs) Kyle, I'm a teacher and I find that offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, this is Texas public education at work, people. Also, evolution, huh? What a lie. <laughs> okay, well, I've lost where we were. Who were we doing? Kyle? Hellfridge by Gordon Ramsay. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, that the thing is that, that like uh, he can just do whatever show he likes with that format because it's the same thing. I like that he thinks that he's connecting with the people in this one. That's what I like about this one is he really gets into their homes. And, <laughs> what's, God, and it's going to be a cornerstone of this show is that he does not help them. Again, like Owen said, they just need to feel shame. And then then he will leave. And there will be no reward. There's no, oh, he was yelling, but he was trying to help me the whole time. No, nothing. He came in, he yelled, he left. He doesn't renovate your fridge so that you can better use it in the future. It's just your fridge is garbage. Exactly. My favorite part of your show, Kyle, is that no one knows they're on the show until they get up to get their coffee creamer in the morning and Gordon Ramsay pops out of the fridge and starts yelling at them. The crew knocks on the door with a giant size like paper check. So they get all excited. But on the check, it says, what the is in your fridge? And then that's it. Yeah. And so they get all excited and they're crushed. Is your refrigerator running? No, Gordon Ramsay's in there. Go get him. (laughs) Go get him out. He's so cold, like your ketchup. See, the good thing is my refrigerator system is so small, he couldn't get in there. Yeah, same. Gordon Ramsay is pretty compact. Yeah, he can shrink at will. That's how he gets in all the restaurants without anyone noticing. He just shrinks in, he climbs through the keyhole like a borrower. Did you have any more, Kyle? I wasn't able to come up with a ton with my extra letters that I earned other than I did riff off of Owens and I created Hell Bridget, which is just an amalgamation <laughs> of, of our ideas. And maybe it's more of a character to the Bridget. And, you know, the Bridget might be an evil person, but Hell Bridget is the evil, evil person twin of Bridget. <laughs> Oh, gosh. The other one I created, and this is incredibly Texan specific, and it was the, actually the first thing I created with removing one letter, H-E-B Ridge. To really understand that H-E-B is a grocery store chain in the state of Texas that is a big deal. And it actually stands for Henry E. Butts, because that's the name of the guy who founded the grocery store. And so this is Henry E. Butts Ridge. And I didn't picture anything beyond that. I just thought he should name more things after himself. I think he's dead. But regardless, um, he may have died in a ridge and it might have been that one. Yeah, it's like the grim story of how he came up with the idea of having a grocery chain while trapped for 24 hours in this ridge (laughs) trying to survive. He did have to chew off his own arm like in 127 (laughs) hours, which didn't help him climb. Ironically, I don't know why he thought that would be the solution. The only other option I had was I used three letters to create E bridges. And I just think that this is the next episode of Black Mirror, where we find out about why are people not using bridges anymore? All they care about is e-bridges, and that's what they use to transport across the country and the rivers and whatnot, is they just use e-bridges, and nobody appreciates the bridges that stood there for ages and were our constant support. And e-bridges secretly kill people. Oh, they, oh yeah, yeah, they also secretly yeah. kill people at the government's <laughs> behest. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much to Caridwin for sending in the bridge. And thank you so much, Kyle, Owen, and Tracy for joining me today. 
Had a blast. Thank you for having me. Thank you as well for having me. Yeah, emu kiss and shark orgy. You absolute ketchup heathens. You godless apostates. How dare you do this to me? Jason, what's your insult? Oh, you obtuse metal cabinet. Oh, it's a fridge. We've come full circle. <laughs> it's called comedy, baby. <laughs> I can die now. Just flush her on down that Australian toilet. All right, we're out. See, the thing is that the whole Australian toilet conversation happened in a section that'll probably just be bonus material. So if I keep that in... <laughs> like, That's what you got to do. That's the bait on the hook, my man. Exactly. And if you want to understand where the hell this Australian toilet came from, please see our bonus section. I just love the idea of the listener thinking Kyle just decided to say that for no reason. This episode was produced by me, Eamon Connolly, with production assistance from Angel Fauchelevent. Thanks again to Owen, Tracy, and Kyle for joining me. Our theme song is Here Comes a Good Boy by Louis Zong and the Barkin' Dogs. And until next time, keep it up. You're doing a great job. <laughs>